This is episode 45. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. All right, so for this episode of the All Hazards Podcast, we are outside of Cal OES headquarters for a very special event. Anytime that we give away, or I should say transfer, apparatus from Cal OES's uh, hands to uh, local fire department and uh, governmental jurisdictions, we make a big deal about it because it is a big deal. And today we are transferring, get this, 12, a dozen of these hazmat, very large Type 2 hazmat vehicles. And to tell us a little bit more about that is uh, Chief Larry Collins. And uh, you may have remembered him from the uh, recent earthquake uh, podcast that we did with him. So anyway, uh, Chief, glad to have you here. Tell us a little bit about these vehicles, these Type 2 hazardous materials response team vehicles, and why it's so important that we're getting these things into the hands of various fire departments around the state. Well, as everybody uh, out there may recall, there were um, some significant hazmat release incidents uh, and emergencies over the last decade or two that raised the awareness of the need for additional hazmat response teams in California. Some of those were involving uh, rail mishaps and uh, hazmat releases into the uh, rivers and streams that caused a problem. And as a result of all that, a gap analysis was conducted by our Cal OES staff, and it identified a number of gaps in response times and distances for the hazmat teams that exist in California. So part of this effort has been to fill those gaps and to bolster the uh, state's mutual aid system for uh, disasters wherever they may occur in the state. And specifically, these 12 uh, signee agencies are located in or close to some of the gaps that were identified as much as uh, that could be done. So uh, right now, you've got Los Angeles County, Los Angeles City Fire Departments, each getting one, uh, Contra Costa County Fire Protection District, Seaside Fire Department, Yuba City Fire Department, Yuba City Marysville, uh, Susanville Fire Department, which has no hazmat uh, response capability in that area at all. Uh, Modesto Fire Department, uh, Tracy slash South County Fire Department, Kern County, Fresno City Fire Department, San Diego Fire Department, and San Bernardino County Fire Department are all getting um, these hazmat units uh, to staff them as type two with their trained personnel that uh, Cal OES uh, uh, funded the training for to make them all hazmat specialists. And also to allow them to not only respond to local hazmat incidents and regional hazmat incidents, but also then to be available for anywhere in the state. We, we may need to deploy them through the uh, Master Mutual Aid System. So it's a bolstering of capability for daily occurrences. In, in, in fact, right now while we're speaking, there's a major uh, spill happening up in Trinity County, excuse me, uh, Alpine County. Uh, which involves apparently uh, chlorine being released into the East Carson River or the West Carson River. 
And um, we have personnel heading that way right now to see if there's going to be a, a mutual aid request for hazmat incidents. And that would be one of those counties that would be would have been identified as a gap mm. in uh, capability uh, for hazmat response in a timely manner. So this is real time. It's not uh, hypothetical. It really is uh, uh, the kind of capability that California needs. And of course, when a big disaster happens, like some of the earthquakes that we have been preparing for, you're going to have a lot of hazmat incidents happening simultaneously. And these units are going to be used uh, not just daily for local and regional responses, but for those occasional larger disasters that require statewide response. Very good. So we are outside, so you may hear an occasional wind breeze coming through the microphone. So like you said, this is real time. We did have an accident today. 5,000 gallons of chlorine, at least is the initial report, up in Alpine County. Looking at these vehicles, obviously these are going to be extremely important for really most types of hazardous material spills. Type 2, real briefly, Educate us on what the differences are between the types. And in looking at these vehicles, they're gorgeous, and they better be for $800,000 fully equipped. So being fully equipped for Type 2, what does that mean? Well, in California, we have uh, obviously a typing system. It's really a worldwide model for uh, typing hazmat um, teams. And um, th we have a number of Type 1 teams in California, and a smaller number of type two teams and and the big difference is their ability to respond and mitigate weapons of mass destruction type um, events uh, and radiological and so forth uh, the type twos are probably the biggest um, workhorse in the state for most uh, hazmat releases probably are uh, of a type two variety uh, there are a number of type ones in the state that have that capability and an additional so Every fire department that has hazmats uh, teams decides at what level they're going to train the personnel to and what level of equipment they're going to um, keep their uh, apparatus um, equipped to. And so um, our decision at Cal OES was to, to go with Type 2s. That's the most likely um, capability that's going to be needed to bolster the mutual aid system in the state. And these rigs also have the capability to be upgraded to a Type 1 should that decision be made down the road to uh, add additional equipment, they're built to carry extra equipment to make that transition if that was uh, decided upon at some point in the future. So we've built in a lot of uh, capability and, um, and the ability to uh, adapt to changing conditions because these rigs should stay in service the next 10, 15, 20 years mm -hmm. easily. And, um, and we want to be able to uh, maneuver and adapt uh, as conditions change in the future in this state. As I said a minute ago, we're outside of Cal OES. A lot of mingling going on. It's turned out to be a really beautiful day. Chuck, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell us the role you played in this whole thing. Um, I'm Chuck Tobias, Assistant Chief uh, Cal OES, uh, Special Operations Hazardous Materials. Um, I was brought on board primarily to get this program running I get these rigs out and deployable uh, and transferred over to the uh, assigning agencies, and uh, we've just accomplished a, a great deal today. Boy, this has been uh, uh, a lot of work crammed into a relatively short period of time, right? Well, the process started about four years ago. Okay. Uh, and the vehicles have been uh, here with Cal OES for two years. Okay. Uh, but the process has accelerated greatly 
uh, within the last couple of months to the point now that we are deploying rigs out to cover certain portions of the state and anticipating the other six to go out sometime within the next month. So what does that mean to see all of this work culminate into saying goodbye, release you, be free, go do your job to the apparatus? Well, it's, a, it's an excellent feeling knowing that uh, we've been able to accomplish something that's never been done in the nation. Yeah. Um, and especially here in the state of California to fill some of the gaps that we have in regards to hazardous materials response and provide additional safety to the citizens mm -hmm. uh, of this great state. Um, just because the vehicles are gone doesn't mean the work is over. My job here will be to ensure that uh, we still support those teams that are out there. We provide additional training. We replace equipment as necessary to keep them in service and keep them fully operational. Uh, and so that process is going to entail uh, work that's going to carry on for years to come. All right. Well, you've done a lot of work here. What was your biggest challenge with this project? I can only foresee it being overall a huge challenge. But what was the one big thing that stands out in your mind as being the, the biggest victory for you? I would say that uh, getting the rigs out it was our number one goal, but the biggest challenge that we had to sur that surfaced uh, was some of the equipment that we received was not the correct equipment, and it was just before we were pushing these vehicles out. Oh. So to be able to work with some of our vendors and some of our partners to overcome those obstacles, to get the equipment here, get the uh, vehicles fully staffed and equipped, uh, and the individuals trained so that they can properly respond was probably one of the biggest challenges that we just recently had to overcome. Okay, so making sure that the equipment under the specifications that you ordered is in there and in on time. And operational. And yes. operational. Well, you did it. Hey, you know what? And it's a big pat on the back for the entire OES family, as well as to the agencies that train their personnel and are now going to staff these vehicles and deploy with them. And so um, it's a major undertaking. Uh, it's a good feeling to know that we've accomplished one step uh, mm -hmm. in a long process. Uh, so I'm very proud of uh, those agencies and very proud of the people I work with. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. All right. How nice is it to hand these over with the ceremony to these chiefs who are obviously in need of this kind of vehicle in their jurisdiction? Well, this was a major program for Cal OES. Generally, when you see hazmat teams being placed in service and developed, they're done one at a time. Uh, to place one type one or type two hazmat team in service would take a significant staff, typically from uh, 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 one of the larger fire departments, typically is what happens. And they would spend months and months with a pretty large staff putting together one unit. And that's just one unit. We, we this agency, Cal OES, decided to do 12 <laughs> all at the same time, which uh, to my understanding is pretty much unprecedented, probably anywhere. And we were able to pull it off. Um, although there were some challenges along the way, uh, we were able to pull this off. We've got great assignee agencies that have jumped in to help, and we've had great personnel. Um, we had a st some staff that just went above and beyond uh, designing these rigs, uh, putting the equipment together. Uh, people like uh, Assistant Chief Jan Dunbar, the architect of this program in many ways, and the assistance he got from fleet, the fleet uh, part of our ha fire and rescue um, division, they just all came together and did fantastic work. And you have a beautiful product here that's going to last for a long time and help the state so be is, ready for whatever comes. Yes. So is there anyone here that you recommend we should talk to as we're seeing them come out of the building now? We're going to do this live here. I think you could start with uh, Jen Dunbar if you wanted to. Can you call Jen over? Hey, Jen. 
<laughs> There's no pictures involved here. This is you're all live. radio. You're live. You're, <laughs> you're live on radio. You're live on radio, essentially. This is Cal OES radio. Yes. <laughs> so that was Larry Collins, Chief Larry Collins. Thank you for giving us the insight on that, Larry. I appreciate it. So real quick here, tell the folks who you are. Jan Dunbar, Division Chief Special Ops at uh, Cal OES Fire and Rescue. Great. So tell me about how uh, what the challenge was for getting... 12 vehicles typed, put together, and now being transferred. That sounds like an immense challenge. How did you do it? Um, well, slowly and quickly. Yeah. Um, after it was decided by the administration of Cal OES and Fire and Rescue that, yes, they wanted to embark upon a program of creating 12 uh, OES response units managed and owned by Cal OES to add to their fleet, just like Cal OES has a huge fleet of engines and water wagons that they put out on loan. They wanted to do the same uh, for HAZMAT, and probably the driving reason behind it is that when you look at the map of the state of California, uh, we have another program that we monitor through Cal OES, and that's uh, going out and inspecting the existing Metropolitan Hazmat teams okay. to come on board with an inspection and to be team typed. Well, we're up to 63, but they're Metropolitan, and you have huge holes. They have many a county in North State and Southeast uh, State where there's no hazmat team for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. Right, nothing. And so uh, the program was uh, for the 12 rigs and California is divided into six regions to assign two rigs per region to be assigned in areas where there is a hole. Okay, now okay. are those holes, are those holes, um, there are going to be some people that wonder, like maybe in the far, like Modoc County, yes. way up in the far northeast part of the state, mm -hmm. uh, maybe where Susanville is, are those areas that would really need to have something like this? Well, another driving force was also to look at the logical locations where a serious hazmat incident could result. Okay. And that's along your highways, your interstates, and more principally, your rail lines. Oh, yes. Okay, and going north-south, we have Burlington Northern, and we have Union Pacific. And so coming down out of Oregon, uh, you take a look at where those holes are that parallel uh, those two rail lines, then the logic is to try to stage or assign uh, these rigs in corridors such as that. And we also looked in Southern California uh, with the same parameters. Okay, let's hold off for just a second. We've got a lot of noise. Again, folks, we are outside of Cal OES today. Beautiful day, but, you know, we have the environmental interruptions. Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you even go about wrapping your head around getting all of these this program put together and getting these things distributed on an efficient level. Well, getting back also yeah. to uh, tying uh, in oh, yes. with a previous question that you asked, uh, I am retired from Sac City Fire. So I put together Sac City Fire's hazmat team program you know, over a period of uh, a couple of decades. Uh, when I was brought in to Cal OES Fire and Rescue as a consultant, you know, I'm bringing with me the knowledge of putting together specifications oh, yes. for a hazmat unit. And when this project came along and was gathering steam and getting monies appropriated uh, to move forward, well, um, I was brought into the loop because of that background and was asked, would you please write the specs for these 12 rigs? And also including all of the hazmat equipment that goes on each rig, 
which by itself, dollar uh, tag wise, is about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow. per rig. Wow! Just in the specialty hazardous materials, plugging and patching, right. chemical protective clothing. Uh, electronic instruments and everything. So I had to write up actually two sets of specs, one for the apparatus and then one for all of the equipment that had to be assigned to each of the rigs. Another thing that we wanted to do is to make all 12 exactly the same. Everything is a mirror image of uh, each rig. So, uh, and then to catch up with the second part of your question. Well, it was just how do you even go forward with wrapping your head around putting together something as big as this and making sure that you have the teams to go with them? Well, that was outside of my responsibilities. Uh, it's all about training, right? Well, and then putting together and identifying what training needs had to be addressed. Uh, I did a little bit of that, but only with respect to pointing the finger in the right direction. Ah, okay. And, and to give others, such as Chief Larry Collins and, and others, uh, some information as to how, how to move forward and put together uh, the training packages that each of these 12 fire departments are going to have to be engaged in for the fellows that will be assigned to each of the uh, 12 rigs on all three ships. You'd have to remember there's three ships Ooh. for each fire department. Wow. And then looking down the road, you know, for next year and, and all the years after, you have refresher training. So I was out of that loop. I wasn't involved in designing the, well, that's the, a good the training. Well, yes. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a lot of work. I there. had enough on my hands. There you go. Well, listen, uh, again, your name and title? Jan Dunbar, Division Chief. There you go. Jan, you've done wonderful work here. Thank, Thank you. you for everything you've done and your expertise. And joining me now, I'm going to let you introduce yourself there, Chief. Go ahead. Actually, it's Engineer Bill Schwartz from Tracy Fire Department. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting you for the <laughs> purposes of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so in the background uh, there, we are listening to one of the Cal OES Type 2 Hazardous Materials Response Team vehicles. I'm just going to say apparatus. That's a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, it's pulling out. It's the first of six that is leaving today. Yep. Why don't you tell me a little bit about, because you were the Tracy Fire Department, tell me a little bit about what getting one of these apparatus means to your department and your community. Uh, well, it greatly enhances our ability to respond to hazardous materials incidents in, in the Tracy Fire Department response area and South County Fire Authority. Uh, we've always had a hazmat team. Um, this kicks up to another level of actually being a typed team, a type two hazmat team, and allows us, like I said, to uh, deliver better hazmat service to our uh, citizens. So for those people, and I'm going to have to ask you to move that a little closer because we are a little bit noisy out here. Okay. So uh, for those people who are maybe just starting to get familiar with what this type of jargon means, what does it mean, the difference between having what you had and now having type 2? What does that specifically mean? Uh, we, it means we have better trained personnel. We're all hazmat specialists. Before we were just hazmat technicians. And we have um, some more specialized equipment that we're able to respond with that we didn't have before. Like, for instance, the mass spectrometer. We didn't have that on our apparatus before. What does that do? Uh, it just helps us better identify unknown substances. Oh, okay. All right. So more situations you can find yourself responding to. Correct. More situations, which of course means um, more versatility, more flexibility uh, for the community and your department. And of course, the training that goes along with it has got, to be, has got to be there too. Right? Yeah. So prior to this, what did you have? Uh, prior to this, we, 
our hazmat team started out with an old bread truck. An old uh, bread truck? Yeah, and uh, we just had basic equipment. We had some level A entry suits, some level B entry, entry suits, uh, basic decon stuff, and a hazcat kit. And that was our hazmat team. Wow, so you, so you had to buy the, the truck uh, secondhand, I assume? Or uh, was it new? It, it was secondhand. When, and we, had, we ran that for probably the first 15 years of our hazmat team. Then we used an a old Type 1 fire engine that was uh, decommissioned, and we used that for a hazmat rig uh, up until now. But you do what you have to do in order to make budget constraints and serve the community at the same time. Correct. Yep. Right? You do what you got to do. Exactly. So this is like going from a, an old 67 Volkswagen Beetle now to a Porsche Cayenne or yeah, something like that. Exactly, right? yeah, exactly. It kind of, like I said, has kicked up our hazmat team to the next level. We were, we were triple A ball, and now we're kind of in the majors. Nice. So, yeah. All right. Well, good luck going for the pennant. Okay. We wish you uh, success uh, going for the World Series as well, because I think with one of these, it's it's kind of like having a designated hitter, you know, for or sure. maybe someone along the lines of uh, you know Babe Ruth back in the day for, or for Barry sure. Bonds. Yeah, and we're we're just we're just happy and, and proud to be part of a great team with uh, Cal OES and the rest of the organi organizations that are representing. So the ceremony continues out here at Cal OES headquarters, and uh, with me now, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Chief. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Louis Brochard. I'm the Deputy Fire Chief for the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District. Uh, we shorten that to CONFIRE. It's just easier for everybody. I like that. But uh, we cover uh, nine cities and a lot of unincorporated area in Contra Costa County. Uh, approximately 600,000 residents. Wow. And uh, that swells to about eight to 900,000 uh, during the workday. Uh, large uh, interstates uh, going through the district, uh, rail corridors. And uh, Contra Costa County is uh, interesting in itself in so much that it's uh, the second most industrialized county in the state behind Los Angeles with all the refineries yep. and uh, uh, petrochemical facilities, chemical uh, storage production facilities, um, as well as uh, large uh, power generation facilities um, that are somewhat unique to Contra Costa County. So an apparatus like this sounds to me like this is a welcome addition to your uh, arsenal. Uh, to say that's an understatement uh, would be would be true. It's uh, it's it's a very welcome addition to our fleet. Uh, we do not have a uh, a fire based. Uh, hazmat team, or I should say we did not have a fire-based hazmat team until just recently um, in partnership with OES who funded us uh, for 17 people to go through training. Uh, we now have a staff of 22 hazmat specialists that will staff hazmat 21 uh, with a crew of three uh, round the clock um, at uh, Station 87 in Pittsburgh. Uh, that team will be augmented by another four to five members who uh, finished training in June of this year and then every fiscal year we plan to train an additional four to five members up to the specialist level um, to get our minimum staffing up to approximately six uh, on every shift every day uh, to be able to provide that 24-7 um, out the door immediate response uh, for hazardous materials incidents. So now you have used the term game changer a couple of times. Uh, obviously this it's important. What does this type of apparatus mean to not only the citizens and the businesses there in Contra Costa County, but in the overall uh, safety levels that now you can provide? What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, it means quite a bit, and, and, and myself and other chief officers today use the term game changer, and it, and it really is. Uh, in what way? Uh, 
it, it, it number one provides uh, a fire-based uh, a platform for a uh, uh, up till now non-existent uh, fire-based uh, fully staffed uh, hazardous materials response team for the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District uh, and that in itself uh, means that uh, the communities that we serve will have a hazardous materials response capability within minutes of us receiving their call um, as opposed to relying on another agency to respond in on mutual aid or to respond in uh, from home and, and staff uh, a hazardous materials response team. So it's, it's more of an immediate response. Um, it's uh, uh, suited to our uh, structure of providing an all-hazards uh, mission. Um, whether it be uh, our marine division or whether it be um, our uh, uh, technical rescue teams and now a hazardous materials team um, that is uh, staffed at a fire station uh, protecting uh, you know 300 plus square miles and uh, well over 600,000 residents every single day. Wow, so in the past it could have taken an hour or more for any kind of uh, neighboring uh, hazmat response, now it's immediate. That's correct, and actually, uh, I didn't even give you that plant. Um, you pretty much hit it on the head that it's usually about an hour Is it? uh, for us to get a hazmat team to the scene uh, based on travel distance, if it's a mutual aid, um, or uh, the uh, the on-call services uh, um, that we uh, have available. So this, this really does uh, uh, change uh, the response mode it, uh, 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 in terms of minutes versus hours to get uh, uh, hazardous materials specialists on the scene uh, to start devising a, uh, a plan on, on identifying what's going on and uh, a mitigation plan uh, and, and just keeping the community safe uh, that much quicker and more efficiently. Great. Well, I appreciate you being here. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, you know, it's, uh, we said thank you to a lot of people today, and uh, uh, this is really a highly collaborative effort. When you think about all the people and all the different um, entities that are involved in making this happen, uh, and I don't know all of them on the state level, but certainly Director Gillarducci, Chief Zagaris, uh, and their staff at OES, uh, from specking the vehicles to procuring the vehicles to outfitting them to all, all it's taken to get them to the point that they are today. And then on our side, on the local government side, um, our county board of supervisors, which is our board of directors, has been very supportive of this. The county administrator and his staff have been supportive. Um, obviously, the, the uh, uh, firefighters local has been very supportive, um, and we can't do this without any of their help and support. Um, uh, our uh, program manager at Confire, his name is Dan McClellan, uh, one of our captains, has uh, just lived and, and died this program for the last 18 months um, in the logistics, uh, the coordination, getting the training together. And uh, this really wouldn't have happened without his efforts. So, um, you know, a uh, lot of professional praise for Captain McClellan um, and all the members of our HAZMAT team. But uh, uh, it really uh, took a huge team effort from the state level all the way down to the local level and the, the labor organizations and our personnel who decided to step up and, and take this training on. Um, as you probably are aware, it's six full weeks of training plus ongoing training. So it's not a light uh, uh, light assignment. No, not and, at all. Uh, so they're all professionals, and uh, we're very much looking forward to putting Hazmat 21 into service and right. uh, and seeing what it can do. Uh, she's a beauty, and I think she's waiting for you to go try her out. So uh, you've been given the keys already. Uh, actually, we, we actually had it at home. We, we drove it up here <laughs> this morning. So, yeah, we definitely have the keys, and uh, uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, we'll get it home without incident. And uh, uh, 
and be able to uh, get her on the road soon uh, if, uh, if she's needed. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Break her in. Uh, be gentle with her, but uh, she, can, she can do a lot for you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, Chief. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. We have some great links and additional info about what was mentioned during this podcast and the show notes as well over at the podcast section of our website, oesnews.com. Hey, thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to the All Hazards podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the latest information and the latest podcasts downloaded directly to your device. Thanks for listening again. Take care and be safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.